0: esg summer school 2022 my name is sarah martin and i'm joined today by my colleague rebecca burton to discuss greenwashing i think it's safe to say that um we're hearing more being said really um throughout the market about greenwashing and investors have really said that it is quite a concern at the same time though there's an increasing demand for products and services which minimize harm to or have a positive effect on the environment but is there a legal definition
1: rebecca well, thanks, Sarah. Um, the answer is no, which, which might be surprising uh, to hear, given just what an important word it seems to be becoming. Um, and actually, it seems to mean different things to different people. Uh, we know the government uh, in the UK here in its autumn 2021 roadmap on greening finance, they describe greenwashing as misleading investors on how sustainable a product is, which is quite specific. Uh, whereas elsewhere we see it described by NGOs or other stakeholders as where a company uses public messaging to appear more climate friendly or environmentally sustainable than it is. Um, So the issue can arise in different contexts and I think it's worth companies being mindful of that when they're trying to assess their risks. So at a
0: high level I suppose what we'd say is that greenwashing means one means saying one thing and doing something different or making a statement which in itself or perhaps viewed as part of a wider context is considered to be misleading. And this will apply to statements made in all aspects of business, so for example, in relation to investment strategies or descriptions of certain financial products, but also in relation to climate reporting or in relation to voluntary statements made on companies' websites, and also general marketing material, so physical advertising at conferences or on bus stops, and on social media. Complaints are being made about statements made and um, through these medium, and regulators are taking them seriously.
1: I agree um, and I'm just picking up on your point about a statement, perhaps being seen as misleading when assessed in a wider context um, in that it is important to be mindful that when trying to assess a greenwashing risk, if you've got a specific statement, for example, about a green activity or a green product, that statement may need to be scrutinised both on its own merits, uh, but also assessing how is that statement aligned with perhaps other broader commitments, for example, on net zero, as we talk with clients about scrutinising green or sustainable claims through multiple stakeholder lenses, just to make sure that all angles of how a statement might be interpreted are covered. And because a lot of greenwashing risk is actually about inadvertent greenwashing rather than any intention to be misleading.
0: I think that's absolutely right. Um, And it is easy in this context to get some of this wrong. And there's a real risk of optimism bias. Um, particularly in relation to things like forward looking statements um, in addition when you're relying on quantitative information which in turn relies on new methodologies and scientific estimates and um, there are so many unknowns and if you do not have comprehensive and robust systems and controls in place to ensure that what you say can be verified there is a risk of inadvertently being misleading
1: yeah it's a challenging path that companies are trying to tread And of course, key concern is to avoid uh, making a mistake that could attract liability in some form. And we know the regulators, for example, are making greenwashing one of its priorities. Um, We've seen recent enforcement activity in the US, uh, including a decision in a fund's context um, that showed that the SEC is is actually looking at this from a historical perspective as well as forward looking. Uh, We know the FCA is in the process of consulting about aspects of the new UK sustainability disclosure requirements. Although unfortunately, some of that relating to investment products has been pushed back to the autumn. Uh, And other regulators are also increasingly active in this space, uh, particularly the advertising regulators like the Advertising Standards Agency here in the UK, who has expressly said yes we're going to shine a spotlight on environmental claims and they've been busy publishing guidance about what it would expect companies to be aware of um, in relation to environmental claims.
0: And in addition to the regulators, greenwashing is absolutely the top of the agenda for many shareholders and also other stakeholders. Um, and and is increasingly being taken up um, in relation to shareholder activism. By way of example, very recently, the UK's national contact point for the OECD has confirmed that there is a case to answer and it is accepting complaints made um, by a number of NGOs in relation to a greenwashing um, allegation against a power generation business in the UK. So this is um another example of where um stakeholders are using innovative ways to challenge greenwashing um outside the regulatory or or a sort of strict litigious context.
1: I agree, I think that's a really interesting example. Um to sum up, really, I think there's a lot going on in this space, we would say, um, and we can expect more developments from the regulators and other stakeholders. And it's important for businesses to be thinking about how they can mitigate the risk of inadvertent greenwashing. Um, Sarah, should we wrap up perhaps with a couple of top practical tips on that?
0: Um, yes, absolutely. I think the key we hear really is um, being clear, accurate and transparent um, and to ensure that you're not misleading, including by omission. And that includes substantiating um, and explaining um, carefully the statements that you are making. Um, and and to make sure that you're able to do this, you need to you need to ensure you have appropriate policies, procedures, and risk management frameworks in place. Uh, I agree. To, Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. To scrutinize, um and scrutinise the claims you're making, Rebecca, as you've said, through multiple stakeholder lenses.
1: I agree, and I think. I was going to sort of add to that really the in terms of those policies i think part of that is having a process about mapping your disclosure landscapes just understanding where all these statements are being made and just given as you said earlier just they can appear in so many different forms thanks very much rebecca and that that wraps up our podcast today thank you